0: Well, hey guys, I'm back after a brief, well, hiatus, I guess you could call it. Um, really, I was out of the country on a missions trip and didn't have the ability to record and post anything for you while I was gone, so I do apologize for that. I'll be giving you a, a double episode this week, or at least posting two chapters to make up for lost time. Um, but I do want to ask you a favor. Um would you be so kind as to just tell somebody about this podcast? Now, I know you could share it. You know, you could, um, you could text a link to somebody or you could share it on your favorite social media platforms and all of that's great. And if you do that, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, but I was just wondering if you would just tell somebody, just mention it. And, uh, and then, uh, if you want to, Follow that up by sending them a link that would be helpful too. But just word of mouth, just simple word of mouth, still after all this time and millennia, the most powerful advertising in the world. Word of mouth. Because when you tell somebody that you like about a podcast that you listen to, chances are they trust you and they'll go take a listen too. And so I would just appreciate if you would make mention of this humble little podcast. Anyway, that's all I got. Really appreciate you and, uh, missed you and I'm back. And, uh, so enjoy this week's episodes. (laughs) God bless. By the fire podcast presents the heart speaks. Written and performed by Dave Smale. Chapter 24 Unexpected Visitors. She stood, frozen in time. Would you, I uh, mean, he stuttered. He didn't know what to say what to ask. Alondra began to back away. Wait, Tyrone said, but she turned and bolted for the door. He scooted out of the booth and gave chase, catching up to her just outside the entrance. Hey, he said, grabbing an arm. She wrenched it free. Hold up. Why you running? I ain't going to hurt you, Tyrone said. He chased her to a vehicle where she turned to face him. You stay away, okay? She said. Uh, okay? What the? He said, raising his hands in a peace gesture. Monica, you okay? Someone hollered. Tyrone turned. The hostess stood at the door, glaring at Tyrone. Monica? Tyrone said, turning back to Alondra. How many names you got? She looked down, then called back to the hostess. "'Yeah, I'm fine. Need me to call the police?' the hostess asked. "'No, it's fine. I'll be back in a few,' said Alondra. Tyrone watched as the incredulous hostess stayed put, monitoring them. Actually, just him. He shook his head and turned back to Alondra. "'Why you ran?' he asked. "'Look, you can't tell nobody you saw me here, okay?' tell nobody. Like who? Nobody, she reiterated. Okay, I won't. I just wanted to know why you ran. I mean, if you don't want to serve me, I get that, but you ain't have to run. What'd you think I was going to do? Her eyes darted across the parking lot. I'm sorry for what happened, she said. It's all right. I'm sorry too. Long time ago. She looked down again and clasped her arms as if she were cold despite the morning heat. Did, did you get back with your wife? Yeah, he replied. She nodded. That's good. I'm happy for you. Thanks. You still ain't explained why you ran off. I can't tell you why I did what I did, she said. Huh? He wondered. You can't tell me why you ran just now? No, stupid. The other thing. Oh, he said, realizing she was talking about the whole incident at the psych center. It wasn't because I was flirting with you? She chuckled. (laughs) You call that flirting? You got a lot to learn. Thankfully, no, I don't, he thought. No, I was... I can't tell you, okay? Just promise me you won't tell no one you saw me here. I mean, okay... With that, she opened her car door. Hey, don't you need to get back inside? I mean, I'll go somewhere else. I don't want you to lose your job. She shook her head, then got in and started the engine. Finding it too awkward to go back inside Village Inn, Tyrone stopped at a nearby Denny's. He grabbed a two-egg breakfast with berries, bacon, and sausage and a cup of coffee. Mind reeling from his meeting with Alondra, or Monica, or whatever her name was, Tyrone realized he'd promised her he wouldn't tell anyone he'd seen her. So he might as well forget it ever happened. Plus, he had more pressing problems to deal with. He thought back to his fight with Keisha. He needed to go home, try to reason with her, but not before getting some wisdom. He dialed his pastor's number. It rang three times, but went to voicemail. He tried again, but the next time it didn't ring at all. Straight to voicemail. Pastor Turner was declining his call? That had never happened. Tyrone sighed, then thought of his former partner. Jerry wasn't the best person to talk to. He definitely wouldn't have a biblical perspective on things, but he could be reasonable. And right now, Tyrone just needed a sounding board He found jerry's number in his contacts then remembered that jerry had called from a different number a few weeks earlier he searched the call history finding the strange number and pressing the call button no answer from jerry either maybe he should call holloman just to catch up thank the man for the hours he spent working Jella's case pro bono after paying for his breakfast tyrone went to his truck and dialed holloman the former cop turned P.I. answered on the second ring. Bill Holloman? He don't know it's me, Tyrone thought. Using an English accent, Tyrone said, uh, good morning, Mr. Holloman. This is... The worst British accent I've ever heard. How you doing, Bowman? Well, wow, can't get nothing past you. Holloman was clearly busy but said he could talk for a few minutes. Tyrone thanked him for his work on Jealous Case. Holloman said that if he and Keisha ever wanted to reopen it, he was willing. Maybe someday. For now, I just wanted to say thanks, said Tyrone. Don't mention it. So how are you guys doing, you and your wife? Knowing Holloman was pressed for time, Tyrone gave him the Reader's Digest version. He mentioned their new church and that he'd been let go from the school. Sorry to hear that, Holloman said. It's alright. Like my wife said, time for a change. Well, I'll tell you. I could sure use a good detective around here. Lots of PI work. So much I've had to turn some away. The prospect of returning to investigative police work had a strange effect on Tyrone. Instead of exhilaration at being offered a job in a field in which he'd proved proficient, it turned his stomach. The thought was strange to him. Earlier, He'd been excited at the opportunity to get into a dangerous line of work rescuing victims of trafficking. Why would something safer like private investigative work make him nauseous? Uh, I'll think about it, was all he could manage. Maybe I should stick to teaching, he thought. Just then another thought came to him. Hey, you like basketball, Tyrone said. You know it. Why do you ask? said Holloman. One of my parents at- Well- one of the parents at my former job gave me tickets to a Wizards game tonight. Really? What, like a going-away present? Kinda. He used to play for him. Durrell Thompson. There was silence on the other end for a few seconds. Hello? Tyrone said. What did you just say? Holloman asked, suddenly sounding interested. Durrell Thompson gave me tickets to a Wizards game tomorrow. But I don't feel like driving up to D.C. I don't even watch basketball. You want him? Darrell Thompson, Holloman said. Yeah, his daughter was my student. He's, well, he kind of the reason I got fired. One of them anyway. Why? I can't, uh, I can't really say right now. Can I call you back? Got a client coming in. Yeah, sure, Tyrone replied. He ended the call. Seconds later, his phone rang again. Surprised that Holloman would be calling him back so soon, he checked the caller ID. It was an unknown number. He answered. Hey, Greeny, came the jolly voice of Jerry. You rang? What's up, Jerry? You're calling kind of early. You at recess? Nah, I got fired this morning. Jerry was quiet. Was it something I said? Nah, none like that. It was a bunch of things added up over time. Mostly just the principal didn't like me, said Tyrone. Tell me her name and I'll make sure she never principles anywhere ever again, Tyrone laughed. Thanks, Jerry. Bakisha and I talk and we both think it's for the best. I should move on. Hmm, alright. Well, sorry you got sardined, but don't fret. Did you just say sardined? Yeah, you know, canned. Anyway, the can will open again soon. Hopefully whoever opens it isn't looking to eat you. Tyrone cracked up. <laughs> you come up with some stuff, Jerry. Now I was actually just calling because I needed someone to talk to. Keisha and I got into it after I got home. I started looking for a new job right away. Everything was going fine until I applied for this place that rescues trafficking victims. Huh? Trafficking victims? Jerry asked. Tyrone began to explain what Harriet's hope was. Nope. "'Don't do it, Greeny,' Jerry said before he'd finished. "'I'd say your wife is spot on.' "'Why?' "'Cause it's dangerous. "'Leave that kind of stuff to the DEA or the FBI or the DOJ "'or whatever Alphabet Soup Agency handles that. "'Let them get killed. "'You got a wife at home.' "'Well, I thought you'd be on my side,' Tyrone said. "'What are you talking about, Greeny? "'I am on your side. "'Those guys are basically mercenaries.' Next thing you know, you're on a flight to Borneo or Burma or World's Armpit Location Number 26. You get killed over there, your employer is powerless to bring your body back, and your wife doesn't get the life insurance payout. Man, sound like you know a lot about it, Tyrone said. Heard a few things. Had a SEAL buddy that did it for a while. Said it was for the birds. More dangerous than special ops. So I'm with Keisha. Don't do it. I'm telling you. Not worth it. Plus, you'd never again get to see my smiling face as I deliver a box of fresh pastry paradise. Man, you always got a new name for donuts. People always give little pet names to the ones we love. Tyrone hung up with Jerry a few minutes later and decided to head home. The clock read 12.02 p.m. The early afternoon October sun bore down as if summer was making a last stand. Driving through town center, he noticed people walking to places like Gordon Biersch and the Cheesecake Factory. Not only business suit-clad professionals, but others who normally frequented the trendy three-block cube. Actors, musicians, and poets, or otsy-fotsies, as Jerry called them. Elderly couples out for a stroll, moms pushing strollers, and Young military members whose haircuts and clean shaves gave them away, though they were dressed in civilian clothes. He still hadn't heard from his pastor, nor Keisha. He didn't know whether that was a good or a bad thing. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to go home just yet. Maybe she needed more time to cool off. Or perhaps she'd be upset with him for leaving. Maybe he should call first. Test the waters before diving back in. Nah, Tyrone thought. When he pulled up to his house, Pastor Turner's aged Chevy Malibu was parked out front. What the... Thoughts. Evil thoughts swirled in his mind. Dude is at my house while I'm not? So that's why he ignored my calls. And that's why I ain't heard from her. Tyrone parked in the driveway and stomped to the front door. He fumbled with the keys, unlocked the deadbolt and threw the handle. Storming inside, he found the pastor on his couch next to his wife and Keisha sitting on the love seat across from them. Thanks for listening to The Heart Speaks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'll be back next week with another chapter. Until then, God bless and thank you.